Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. Yeah, welcome in to another rousing rendition of Libservative. I think we're finally going to start getting more back on track-ish. It's been, it's been an interesting summer. Uh, we got a lot to catch up on. He, as always, is Corey Walsh. He's Dan Griffin. Uh, we got Bell the Body Snatcher on the ones and twos, as always. And uh, we're probably only going to get to three topics tonight, Corey. I think that's the plan, <laughs> though, right? Yeah. My docket shows three banners. I'm just hoping I can still do this. It's been about a week. We need to start narrowing it down. We're both a little bit out of practice, but uh, we're back. And we're happy to have you. Just going to stay close to the mic. See mic technique. Uh, I guess let's, let's start off with the, telling the people where they could find us, Corey. Will do. Libservative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at libservativepod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. And you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Subscribe today. Preferably subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Yeah, if you didn't subscribe yesterday, then today's probably the most prompt time you can do it huh so yeah and um cory we we should we should definitely start with uh where you've been over the last week and before i guess before we get to that please uh go check out my interview last week with my good buddy uh roger first generation cuban-american we talk uh you know basically hispanic politics and the fact that he is not really a political guy he's a baseball nerd um which is kind of why I wanted to talk to him in the first place. We had a great discussion. So go check that one out following this episode. Uh, yeah. Hey, Brighton is in the house. Yeah. He, uh, he sat there anticipating us to come on, I guess. And we're, we're it's, it's interesting because we're on on a different day. It's weird. It's Thursday. We, by the way, we should probably tell the people we're going to be live Thursday next week as well. Uh, then after that, we should be back to mostly to our, our regular schedule. But Corey spent the last, what, eight days or so yeah. in on the West Coast, in the beautiful city of Portland, a city that is, well, you weren't in Portland the whole time, but you spent some of the time in Portland, right? A lot of the time in Portland, oh, yeah. Okay. We, were, we were in Milwaukee. It's literally like right on the border of Portland, but we dive bars, running around, doing all sorts of shit in Portland. Normally a, uh, described as what is a, uh, <laughs> I guess, a, a liberal dystopia by certain conservative and, and even really libertarian pundits. Not not big fans of Portland, but Corey, uh, you were talking to me last night in the pre-show about you've got a bit of a different take on this city. Yeah, so like as I was leaving the city and I'm looking at the patchwork zoning and like the low amount of like ordinances on houses and the homeless people and people all the drugs being decriminalized, everyone basically able to do whatever they want. And I had this thought pop in my head, like like Portland liberal shithole or liberal dystopia or libertarian utopia 
and <laughs> like because like you can really pretty much do what you want like one of the bars i went to it was like a house like they like this redid it and it was across the street from like a couple other bars but it was like at one point a house like it has a peaked roof it's built like a house so weird so weird zoning laws and as we know lack of zoning laws like you're a lot like we're in a neighborhood and people is like it was like a neighborhood you know like a suburban neighborhood and people just have chickens running around like in the street and stuff like that people just you gotta being there now i'm going there again next year now being a i don't want to say frequent yet but someone who frequents portland you take the good with the bad. Uh, the city is really, really cool, but you can see, like, at the same time, it's fucking dirty. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it makes, like, uh, like God bless uh, the people of Detroit because they're working so hard to make this city, like, nicer. That uh, Detroit, when you're in downtown Detroit, it's so much cleaner than downtown Portland. Well, yeah, but you also have the Illiches making promises to build a, a, a huge shopping district around uh, Little Caesars Arena, and it's still just basically a bunch of rebar and like half-finished parking structures. So they never they never delivered on that promise. So I guess maybe like a different type of dirty. Yeah, no, I mean I would recommend it if whether you're a liberal or a libertarian. <laughs> go and visit Poland because you'll probably actually like it. Well, we know that we know that uh, presence. I was just walking around with beard, just you know, like I said, drugs are decriminalized. But at the same time, because of that lack of police presence and the lacks on the homeless community and stuff like that, like when you're walking down the sidewalk, you do kind of have to like. There was a point where when I bring my kid down to the city of Detroit, I've never had this happen. But there I had to kind of like be this barrier between a homeless guy who was mumbling a bit too loud <laughs> and my son. Cause I wasn't exactly sure what he was going to do. Um, my son got sh- poop on his pants. I mean, on his, on his crock. And I don't know if it was his poop or dog poop or human poop. <laughs> That's so gross. It's so, yeah, it was gross, <laughs> but that was probably the only negative thing that happened to me. Well, you had, like, and you had to sit there and, you just sit there and tell yourself the whole time you're cleaning this this fecal Please matter. Shit. Please be dog shit. Uh, or or be, be his. Or at least be his. his. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, but like a 30-minute trip, like another thing Portland, I think, has on like has as an as a positive over most cities is like, dude, a 30-minute trip and you're at uh Mal- the Mount Noma waterfalls, you're in Mount Hood, dude. I was at the Timberline on uh Mount Hood. Just like by snow, just able to see just miles and miles and miles. I went to Lake Trillium, which is cool as hell. It's the one that you always see in all the pictures of like that lake with the mountain in the background. Um, yeah, no. Oh, another really cool fucking thing I did, and especially just because I've been watching Welcome to Wrexham, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Sunday, seven thirty in the morning, we went to a football bar. And watch the Liverpool Chelsea game, and it was full of Brits, and they were all in there singing their songs and doing this shit. I felt like I was in the bar from Welcome to Wrexham, and everyone there was going nuts and stuff. It was it was a lot of fun. Like there are so many cool dive bars down there that like if you ever are looking for a cool place to go, Portland is absolutely it. Yeah, like I said, you have to take the good with the bad. So what makes it? What makes Portland this uh this surprise libertarian utopia other than the fact that we know that uh 
one of the major things with most libertarians is uh, that zoning laws are bullshit. They're restrictive. So we, we that's that's check mark number one. Yeah, it was weird to see like kind of industrial like like it was like a patchwork. Like when you're driving into the like in through a like on the main street, it'll be like like an auto mechanic shop, like surrounded by houses, and you know, <laughs> which you might kind of see in other places, but I feel like especially in Michigan, the uh, the zoning divides are very are way clearer. You know what I mean? Like when you're driving, like you could tell, oh, this is a commercial area. Like oh, this is a this is a residential area. Like oh, this is a industrial area. Out in Portland, it's pretty patchwork. And again, that might be because they're in a valley, like in the mountains. So there might be just less space. They kind of have to just cramp everything together. But uh, the drugs are just blatantly decriminalized. I was able to drive on the beach, <laughs> like on the ocean with a car. Um, you can't even do that in Michigan. And we're like, we have this silver like sand dunes where you could drive all over those. But like, there's like a line where like, don't get close to the water kind of thing. Um. They have naked, you just, there's naked bike rides going on through the city and things like that. Like, it's just everyone, you're basically allowed to do whatever you want. There's a reason they say keep Portland weird. You would also mention how, like how houses would have, they're all basically fenced in, like really fenced in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> oh, that's, like, that was something kind of funny. So that's another thing too, that I, that, well, that was one thing I thought was kind of funny about Portland. When you look at the demographics of Portland, especially coming from a place like Detroit here in Detroit, um, we have, you know, Detroit's the blackest city in America. It's 70% black, you know, or like 69% black, you know, and then all the rest of the demographics, including white people make up the rest. Portland is 70% white. And it was just kind of funny that when you're there, I mean, there's still like people of different races and stuff and you bump into them and things like that. But like racial diversity doesn't seem like it's that much of a problem there for people but yet they all have their signs that say things like in this house, migrants are welcome and this and this and that on their fence of a gated on their 12 foot fence with barbed wire all across the top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> like it was, so it was interesting to me that like where they wanted to keep it kind of like very ungentrified and like keep it like edgy you know and like there's like the stickers and the graffiti and everyone's like being able to be expressive with their art and stuff like that that was allowed but in the areas that it wasn't allowed nope gated gated they had these little trailers that the cops pulled around and it all it was was like a trailer with a pole that you would see like at like a like a concert revenue or uh yeah like a concert like parking lot where they have the lights on it they just have cameras just to like keep an eye on things, but like the lack of police presence actually wasn't that bad. It was pretty cool, but uh, for me anyway. But uh, yeah, no, it's. I was just thinking about it, like now they laud themselves that way, you know, you know, through the government making it that way. But at the same time, the it looked like it was a lack of law that keeps it weird. And Portland is weird, man. Mm -hmm. It's it's. I'd recommend a trip out there, but yeah, I think it's more of like a libertarian wet dream over a liberal hellhole. Like you can mm. just go out there and just do whatever. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because to me, I think utopia with libertarian is kind of a, it's kind of an oxymoron. Cause like one of the, one of the things that makes you a libertarian is recognizing that there isn't really a such thing. It's a utopia. Like that's kind <laughs> of part of what it is to be 
Uh, well, that's the thing out there. Like it isn't like you have to take the good with the bad. Yeah. Your son might step in shit. The closest thing to a libertarian utopia might actually be Portland, Oregon. The food out there is phenomenal. My three-year-old son caught his first fish, rainbow trout. Did he use the shit from the bottom of his crock? Yeah. Just, just packed it out (laughs) in the book. You know, it was, it was a good ass time. Caught himself a, a bottom feeder. No, a rainbow trout, man. It was no bottom feeder. It was at a trout farm, but still. All right. Well, I was going to send bottom feeder into the, as it was going to try and use that as a segue, but it really doesn't apply. The boys. So I'm going out there again next year. Um, we should try to plan a trip where we all go so you can witness this chicanery for yourself. Not if it's during Freedom Fest. When is Freedom Fest? I don't remember. I think it's, 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 it's at a roughly different time every year. But uh, this year it was in Memphis, so we gotta we gotta get our asses to to Freedom Fest. Hopefully it doesn't fall at the same time as my yeah when I'm a as, single father again. When, when you're a single father for five weeks, uh, yeah. Well, but yeah, no, like, yeah. Good on you, Portland. Portland's a good time. Take to go with the bad. It's weird. Keep it weird. They want to keep it weird. They don't want that gentrification out here. It's just a bunch of gentrifying bullshit. Mm. Oliver Anthony's upset about the gentrification. He is. He's, He's upset very, about a lot of things. Very upset. He's upset about a lot of things. Uh, yeah, this is this is something that we... I think we've probably been talking about Oliver Anthony via our little group text, uh, myself, Corey, and Bell, for basically since uh, the, his, the, the video for Richmond, North of Richmond. Re- I think I even caught it when it like just started to go viral. Yeah, like, it wasn't even on my radar. Like really early on, and I sent I sent it to you guys. <clears throat> I was like, "Oh whoa, well this this might be interesting." And then I started to notice more like TikTok influencers sharing it, and like you know, doing reaction videos yeah, to it. Kind of caught them by storm. Now it's funny because the uh, the page, the Radio WV, you know, Radio West Virginia, that originally like uploaded it. I'm actually subscribed to them, so if I was home, I might have caught it. But you actually you beat me to you beat me to a song, Dan. I beat especially a country song. That's yeah, you beat me to it. That's that was, not that something that I expected to do. Phenomenal um, song. He well, yeah. I think all three of us are in agreement here that we like the song. I the first time I heard it, it's so interesting, right? Because you shared a video earlier today, I think. I remember if it was you or Bell. It was you, right, Corey, about like different influencers reacting and, w- and watching this song and like watching yeah. their reactions to the video uh, for Richmond North of Richmond. I, I it was so I, w- I was taken back to like a week ago when I first heard it. I had a very, very similar reaction uh, to all of these people. And what was so interesting about that video is that like there were people of like every race. Uh, it seems like every every um, every class, um, every gender seem to be having a, a a really positive reaction to this song. But then you also you can't help but notice the reaction from the limousine liberal uh, left, not actual liberals, not actual leftists, but the limousine liberals with their luxury beliefs mm-hmm. latching on to why this guy is bad. And I got so irritated so quickly and i have to stop doing this because i know this is going to happen every single time and and we called it when when we saw that like the the likes of like john rich and ben shapiro and matt wall yeah they're going to claim them as their own when they when they jumped out and claimed this guy the the limousine liberals 
did what they always do, and that's why they're starting to lose the culture war. They just let them have them. They just let them have them. They just said, "Oh, I guess well, you know, uh, the the bad the bad people like this guy. I guess that means he's bad." Yeah. And you have you have you have all sorts of these you know bootlicking establishment limousine liberals calling him a bootlicker, which I find interesting. And I guess the last thing I'll say before I, I let you take over here, Corey, is that if this song, what I find so interesting about uh, the, the 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 idiotic, incurious faction of liberals, which is not all liberals, uh, the if what I would say to them is if you if if Oliver Anthony wrote this song in 1968 with obviously a few different lines to curtail to, or to, to, to go with the times. Right. But basically the same song, this would be a very left leaning song. Oh yeah. No, this I is a leftist say, song dude, all day long. He's in the thirties. Woodrow Guthrie. Like you saw me, I went on a tangent today because of like, I saw the bullshit of this stuff being spewed. And the hatred of a working class song talking about how there's more hours for less pay and how the government is leaving the worker out in the cold. Uh, again, what did I, what did I share with you? I think I shared you some, uh, some, uh, a Woodrow Guthrie song where he's like praising pretty boy Floyd. Cause in the song he goes up uh, as far as I've traveled, as far as I've roamed, I've never seen an outlaw steal someone's home talking about how the, the pen is more dangerous than the gun because the pen can take your house away. And, all of this stuff, you know, Drayton Farley's pitch and fits, um, Nolan Taylor, Logan Halstead, Tim Goody, Jason Isbell, Whiskey Myers, all of these different guys, they all have songs like this. Tyler Childers, Sturgill Simpson, all of these people have these songs about how the working man has just been fucked. Mm-hmm. Now, this song, individually from all of them, when it comes to the plays and the buys, like it was. I'm pretty sure it was astroturfed. Mm-hmm. It looks like it was picked up by some right-wing PR groups and then just completely just like it, the same thing that Taylor Swift, uh, uh, like Swifties do the same thing that people in K-pop do. Uh, they've done it like the Jason, uh, Aldean song, Iggy Azalea, who they boost who with, uh, what was that? Uh, Diddy or T.I.? Uh, he was like pumping her up and they got her MP3 downloads up really high. And then they had to end up cancel and like, so they make it look like she's big, but then they had to cancel her tour because no one was buying tickets. Mm. Billy Ellis was the same way. Like it's a thing that happens in the industry where they, uh, they, they buy it and buy it and buy it to boost it into the, the billboard. Hopefully if so, it gains more traction, but I've been paying attention to his streams and the streams aren't MP3s that people are buying. In his streams, like when we first talked about this, when he was like the top on iTunes with MP3 downloads, he only had like a million listens to the song. And that's why I was even like, uh, yeah, I really think this is AstroTurfed. And even though it was AstroTurfed, it's definitely got some legs because it, it went from like that to like five or six million in like two days. And this and this is a song that like, like I listened to it more than once to really let it just marinate in my brain and like thinking about all the different like... Because the message he's conveying in that song is just the working man is the one that's getting fucked time and time and time again. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of meat to that. There's a lot of substance to that. And people like that shit. You know, it's he articulates what everyone's thinking without being able to really know, like, 
what they want to say. And this guy just, I'm pissed. Or how to say it. Or how to yeah, say it. It's, yeah. it's, it's so interesting. Like too many people from too many different people, from too many different walks of life are clearly showing, you know, that they like this song. And I don't know if you remember my, uh, my prediction for the year of 2023, Corey, you remember what my prediction was and when we did our end of the year show that we were going to see the beginning of the end of like this just non-sexical, non-sexical, nonsensical, just sort of incurious. I hate using the word, but I got to use it because there's no other definition. Wokeness. Uh, there's no, no other word really to use. And I've got a great example for why this song might. It's so interesting. I didn't I didn't really have a guy from. You know, I didn't really have a farm boy with a with a red beard who nobody's ever heard of singing a song being kind of like the the backbreaker. And I'm not saying it's going to be the backbreaker, but it the reason I'm saying that it's pointing that direction is because I'm looking at a tweet right here from two days ago. It's a video of one of the most what what most people would consider if you're like a conservative one of the most annoying liberal speakers in the world. I'll give you a hint. He's an athlete. Uh, he's He plays in the NBA. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Can you, I play? You, you know what I'm saying? LeBron yeah. James. LeBron James jamming to this song in his car. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that video. I don't know if that's if it's the song, if that's a dub, if it's whatever, but it looked like it was him jam into this song i mean i guess it could be fake but it looks pretty real doesn't it yeah it did look pretty real <laughs> and i don't think he's, but, uh, i don't think he's mentioned that it wasn't real at least not that i'm seeing here right i feel like that would be something that someone would come out against yeah if it was fake but yeah man like it's it's one of those songs that just speaks to the heart like i work in a factory right so like i have this song playing in my ear and i'm walking through my shop and I'm looking at all the people that I work with. You know, we have relationships. We're friends. And as this song's playing, like I could see everyone working their ass off in this shop. And I know the struggles that they're all going through. I know that it's hard. And it's just insane that this song speaks to so many people. <laughs> and just speaks about the, uh, the trials and tribulations that people that aren't well off enough to be in the elitist class. Or aren't unfortunate enough, it's an unfortunate enough, I guess, which, and, and it's kind of a paradox because you right. don't want to be in those shoes. Let me cut you off. I might have been had. I think it was fake. Oh, was it? Yeah, it might have been <laughs> the fake. LeBron yeah. James All is right. fake. All right. I'm, um, I'm, 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 I'm correcting myself. I'm making a back check and end the show. What'd you say? crazy nowadays. That's all I want to say. It's I think it might have been just a video. I think what it was is it might have just been a video of him jamming to a different song. Yeah, and, and somebody, somebody dubbed it over. The audio. Yeah, uh, God, but, they, uh, they did such easier. a good job, though. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, continue with what you were um, saying. But yeah, and then like, just yeah, just being in the shop and just seeing all these people who are working their ass off in there, and I know that like I know their struggles. I know that we're all in the same trials and tribulations, and that we're not fortunate enough to be an elitist that doesn't have to worry about financial stress. And we're not someone who's unfortunate not to be in the position to where not necessarily rely on the government, but need government assistance just to make ends meet. And like, I don't want to be in those shoes. Nobody wants to be in those shoes, but those people are at least getting help and the rich people don't need help. But in the middle, the working class 
are the people who make too much on paper, according to the government, to get any help, even though 60% of the countries live in paycheck to paycheck, and they haven't gotten a damn raise in, when, when you go to inflation since the 70s to keep up. Or there hasn't been a wage equivalent to what production and inflation has done since the 70s. You got blue-collar people having to work all this overtime and everything, and they're watching the fucking American dream slip through their hands. Well, yeah, this guy sings a song that just hits isn't, all of those But isn't notes. that what's annoying for, for guys like you and me who, like, and so many others, not just us, but so many others of, of all different backgrounds and races and religions and whatever, where we, a lot of us come from the left and the le- like the cultural left is just like giving the working man to conservatives. They're just saying here, you can have them. We don't need them. Yeah. The fact that working man issues are right wing. That's so fucking show, crazy. Those who show the liberal narrative and the Democrats who manufacture it have completely given up on the working class, dude. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Like so the idea to bring up, uh, the struggles of an everyday American is right wing talking points <laughs> only fucking solidifies that. Well, that's just it, right? The bad people like this, right? The bad people, the Matt Walsh's and the Ben Shapiro's of the world like this, right? Uh, so we we just automatically have to say that it's bad because hashtag right wing talking points. And like, I'm in the Dave Smith camp of like, I don't give a shit whose talking points they are. Good, I don't care. As long as they're right at the correct talking points, you know, it's, it's like the, it's like, you know, if, if you're, if you're against the Ukraine war, I, I'll give you, dude, if a, if a neo-Nazi, if David Duke, who's not a neo-Nazi technically, but if David Duke tweeted something out about how the Ukraine war is, 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 is wrong and it's doing nothing more, but, you know, feeding the, the, than feeding the military industrial complex. And we need to, we need to stop this war. I would go, you know what? You're right, David Duke. Would you retweet it? I wouldn't retweet it. But I, would, <laughs> I would look at that. I would look at that tweet. I would look at that tweet and go, yeah, David Duke's right. Does that do you, make, does that do make me follow? Does, Damn, do you follow David Duke on Twitter? Do not follow David Duke. I don't even know if he's on Twitter. I don't listen. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just teasing. Do, they, do these things like do these th- do, so me agreeing with David Duke on this one on that one point does that make me somehow a KKK apologist the answer is obviously no but there are actually people out there that would make that claim about me in that situation yeah or you absolutely. or anybody else yeah yeah no you're absolutely right like it's like it's it's about the message not the messenger yeah 100 you know, and uh it's just yeah it's just and the liberal and like and that's the thing too is like the right wing elites that are like you know at a boying this song they're not doing it in faith are the same people that he's singing about mm-hmm. and he said that in his introduction little video and he goes i'm dead center i don't like republicans i don't like democrats they all they all serve the same master you know and and he's absolutely right. Whether there is a Republican or a Democrat, they're all self-serving interest people all about making the all chasing the almighty dollar, selling out America and selling out us working class people to make more money for themselves. And liberals, especially leftists, which I think like a lot of the leftists and stuff I follow are pretty quiet on it. Cause I think they like the song. Mm-hmm. The people that are, that are real leftists, actual right, leftists. But it's like the guardian rolling stone yeah, yeah. which yeah. is absolutely insane to me that matt taibbi and hunter s thompson wrote for that publication and how much dog shit it's turned into <laughs> and 
it's just it's mind boggling. But for liberals to be repulsed about a song about the working class, and for Democrats to be repulsed, like you're saying the quiet part out loud that you just gave up on all these people, man. When they pick one line, right? They all like right. everybody that I've said has picked like one line from this entire song, which is oh, so really that's the other thing, right? Welfare, There's the welfare the, line, the projection, right? Yeah, the projection on that. This guy is from Farmville, Virginia, and I looked it up, and it's like seventy percent or sixty-five percent like white. When he's talking about people on welfare, for someone to just assume he's talking about black people. You're, so what you're assuming that all the all the black people in that town are on welfare is that what you're saying? So who's the racist in that situation? <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, he doesn't say anything about race, and for you to assume that lines about race is you need to check your unconscious bias. Mm-hmm. You need to check your unconscious bias. No, you need Walsh. to check your unconscious bias. <laughs> I know, I know, just as many white people as I do black people that need assistance from the government, and I'm not downplaying that. I'm not negating it. If people need help, they need help. But the problem is, the people in the working class are struggling too, and they don't get shit for a handout. Well, they get told by Biden, "I don't work for you," and they get their houses taken by fucking J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs under the guy who was promising hope and change, who got his whole cabinet. Uh, all of his choices for his cabinet given to him in an email from Citibank. Right. And that's reality. You can look that up. Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's not hard to find. Obama's cabinet was chosen by banks. Yeah, yeah. You, you, that's that's something that's uh, easily, easily provable. Um, so, yeah, th- I mean, th- I think we've kind of covered all of the ways and, in which... Trump's cabinet was chosen by just oligarchs and fucking lobbyists from oil same people yeah same people. same people different industry yep. uh so i think we've kind of gone over all of the ways in which like the limousine liberal left has gotten this wrong which i'm really actually i'm really happy this is like one of the f- one of the first times i've like gone on twitter or x or whatever the hell it's called now and i haven't been like inundated with a lot of that like white saviorism uh this is racist for this reason stuff i've seen it but it hasn't been that bit that hasn't been as much as i thought it would be i guarantee you there are probably some people out there that are saying well that's because elon's quieting that stuff now he doesn't really believe in free speech i don't know maybe that's true i don't really care well he doesn't but well he doesn't we know that um <laughs> if you're <laughs> if you're watching elon don't censor us but yeah yeah but th- there are a lot of ways in which the right has gotten this wrong as well. Okay. People like Matt Walsh and Ben Shapiro and the Pragers and Dan Bongino and John Rich and all of these other people that are going out that, that went out like almost immediately and, and touted this guy as a new right wing darling. You are also wrong. You're wrong. That's yeah. not what he is. And what I find really interesting is if, if you want to talk about, you know, limousine liberal hypocrisy well let's talk about right-wing hypocrisy here too so this is a song that essentially shits on the united states for various different reasons not the country itself like you and i do because we like to live here we shit on the government right it's pretty much what he's doing here and and about how bad it is for some people for most people for a lot of people to be here under this 
basically this duopoly that we have between Republicans and Democrats working for the same people. That's what this song's about, right? Yeah. How bad it is to live in America. Now, you tell me if this is a stretch. They love that, right? The, the right-wing pundits love that. But if you take a knee during a national anthem if you show at an me- NFL game, why don't you just get out? Yep. You get what I'm saying? Like, you see the <laughs> yeah. hypocrisy there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's there. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, like, they... Right now in our country, a lot of blue-collar people are Republicans. So this song would be more attractable to them. It's country music. It hits all of those little marks, mm-hmm. right? But the message in itself is the same message that's been coming from left-wing people for, you know, like I said, Woody Guthrie. The guy on, on his guitar had it, it said, this machine kills fascists. He had it mm-hmm. painted on his guitar. And it's like, if this is all of a sudden a right-wing anthem, what you're saying is you're turning your back on the working class and all of their plight because you're falling for the whole narrative right now that the administration is putting out that the economy is doing great. Everything's good, which well, is bullshit for the working class. And they all fucking know that. And if, if liking, if liking the, the message of rich men north to Richmond, if liking that message and resonating with that message makes me a right winger, fuck it. I guess I'm a right winger now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just not going to let that stupid label and like, like you, you try to scare you into not liking yeah, it. It's just not even an insult anymore. It's not scary. If, if like, if you, if you want to call me a right winger for resonating with this song's message, fine, fuck it. Believe what you want about me. I don't care. Yeah, it's and fine I, because you know what I'm going to say next? Like, yeah, this song is about the working class and you know what? Maybe we need more unions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those same right people those people that were just calling me a rightist they're gonna all of a sudden i don't know what they're gonna say their heads would explode yeah i mean look if 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 the democratic party i'm not even gonna say the democratic party but just like the de- establishment democrats and the cultural left if they're just gonna give the working class away like the right side of the spectrum would be stupid not to scoop it up now they've been botching it a little bit um, I, there was some of Trump's message that kind of got that ball rolling a little bit, but it didn't really come to fruition in any type of way. The right embrace unions. It, it'd be a wrap for the Democrats. That's very, very true. But unions are socialists somehow. I don't really know how that's, that's the case, but that's bargaining all of a sudden makes you a copy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I and don't it could either. be argued that if the workers could collectively bargain for their rights, you would need less government. Yeah, it's 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 so fucking frustrating because like, I mean, it's I, I don't mean to use the, the cliche everybody's heard a million times, but the the uh, uh, the Bill Maher line of like, I haven't I haven't moved politically. The left has. Mm-hmm. It's just like if you can't see that that that's the case. It, now, look, at listen, the right has moved too. I mean, both 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 polls have gotten so fucking extreme, you know, that it doesn't matter. But it, the, the left is doing a much worse job of maintaining membership. They're pushing people away. Yeah. And the and the and the right side of the spectrum is just kind of sitting there going, all right, I guess we'll take you. You know with what I mean? A, it's with just a big net. Yeah. I mean, it, it, uh, 10 years, 10 years ago, you know, would people like uh Oliver Anthony be right wingers. Would people like Russell Brand 
be right wingers, Joe Rogan, like all these people that are just so clearly not right wingers. Yeah. I mean, Russell Brand, not even a couple Jordan of years Peterson. ago. Jordan Peterson's always kind of been a conservative, but I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have called him a like a right winger necessarily before uh before the uh what was the the AC sixteen bill or whatever the the speech bill in Canada. I forgot what it's called. Um that's what really kind of yeah, they, they just like it, free speech is was 10, 15 years ago was a liberal philosophy. Right. Right. And now now they play it off as if it's like, well, freedom of speech isn't freedom of reach. <laughs> it's such, oh, that's such a gross phrase. I hate it. Guilty until you disprove your innocence in court. Yeah, guilty until proven innocent. Yeah, 100%. Good day to you, fellow intellectual idiots. If you're this far into the show, we're guessing that you probably like it. So we'd just like to ask you to hit pause and on whatever platform you're listening, just leave us a quick review. It really does help us grow and gives us an opportunity to bring you even more great content in the future. And we'd also like to ask you to just press that share button and just send this episode to one friend that you think might be interested in our line of conversation. The best way for podcasts to grow in the sea of millions of podcasts really is through word of mouth. So every little bit helps and we appreciate you all. So let's get back to the show. So I, I if, if you're if you're okay with this, I want to shift just over to another song that you sent me over the week. What's that one? So we just just so we can we can even it out a little bit and continue to shit on right wingers a little bit more. The new Doja Cat song. Oh <laughs> the new Doja Cat song, Paint the Town Red. <coughs> now it, it, of course for as much as right wingers and the uh i guess you could call it the the religious right love uh Oliver Anthony they hate Doja Cat about as much uh you don't yeah, I mean go listen to the song the song is like basically like a feminist song it's like i don't i'll get married when i want to kind of thing there's not really that much substance to it but it's the music video Yep. that makes the uh the 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 Matt Walsh types and Ben Shapiro types and Dennis Prager types. Actually, you know what? I got to say Dennis Prager's kind of stayed away from the music scene. I give him some credit for that one. But this is this is a video that's got like a lot of demonic imagery in it, right? Yeah. A lot of demonic imagery. There's a lot of blood. It's really dark. There's like devil horns and shit in it. And I'm going like the, the, the reaction to it about how yeah i think uh, i said it to you and said oh yeah, yeah. the right wing finds yeah. out this song. <laughs> and two days later like my feeds just lit up with fucking ben shapiro tweets uh about how about how you know the 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 the, the left in hollywood and the music industry is just d demonic and taking over your kids brains and shit and i'm like don't you know anybody that like grew up listening to black sabbath like, don't you know, don't you know that like demonic imagery in music is like, it's just a fun thing that's been yeah, going on. They were biting the heads off bats <laughs> yeah. in the yeah. 70s and 80s. Like how many fucking older Gen Xers and younger boomers do you know that like love that still to this day love Black Sabbath and have like families with well-adjusted kids <laughs> that are, like, right. having families of their own now it's like how how many times are we going to have this conversation about like how many different satanic panics are we going to have in this country before it's like can you just stop yeah, don't let your kids listen to hell. it yeah, don't let your kids watch the music <laughs> video like i don't know what the hell i don't know what the hell else to tell you like he was like these are the kind of people that that would have thought elvis is uh hip shaking 
uh, was was not for children's eyes. Right. It's just so funny how both sides like to placate the idea that they love freedom of speech. But if it goes against their narrative, they immediately just try to shut it down. And children. Oh, and children are always in the mix. Love to use children as their fucking weapon of choice, dude. Children is are there. It's 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 either save the trans kids or don't fuck with trans kids or it's like, uh, you know, every trans person is trying to rape your kid. Like, oh, it's it, funny that you bring up children because of the fact that uh, that was the 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 re- the argument they used for recently banning uh, or having to have an, an age verification on web on porn websites in uh, where was that Montana maybe. Oh yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Because it because it might promote child porn. Yeah, and then so Pornhub was like, "Well, fine, fuck you guys. We're just not gonna have our shit there anymore." And everyone thought it was a win. Like Pornhub was the only porn site. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like, oh my god, this this like this fear of child porn, like going mainstream. It's like, I, I'm just gonna take like, an- I'll, anecdotally, I'll just use myself, right? First time I watched porn or or saw pornographic imagery for like a reason that had to do with my hormones, it's probably like, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years old, you know, on on a on a buddy's computer or uh, on my family computer and not realizing how history were how history searches work. Oh, yeah. Remember those days? Uh and even when I was 10, 11, and 12 years old, I can tell you definitively I did not want to see a naked 12-year-old girl. I was right. looking for the adult chicks. Like even yeah. when I was the age to where it wouldn't be completely gross, I still wasn't interested in that imagery. Right. <laughs> so it's like <clears throat> even if children are watching porn, which maybe they shouldn't be, um especially with as red- readily available as as it is now. Yeah, it, it is as readily world. available when we were kids. Like my first time seeing boobies was like in a Playboy magazine. Uh-huh. I never think it was still Bush. Like, <laughs> it was one of your dad's old uh old ones from 1970 <laughs> yeah 1970 something or something like that yeah this playboy mags found him in found him in the garage yeah uh, he's like well this is fun <laughs> <laughs> that's what those look like they're so round and perky uh anyway did you have anything else you want to say about either doji cat or or uh, Oliver Anthony. We did reach out, as I'm sure every other fucking show from here to Calcutta has done, uh, to to Oliver and his team. We haven't heard back. We don't expect to, but we figured it was worth a shot. Yeah, we tried. We'll see what happens. He might hop on. He said he got like 50,000 emails and stuff in the past couple of days. Um, and Bell goes, just like Biden has been reaching out to the UAW. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good please one. please endorse me they're like nah i swear i'm pro worker dude you know what would be a sick ass move for biden right now if he wants to get uaw on board have a video of him in the sunglasses on the bike listening to richmond or the richmond <laughs> yeah that would make people's heads explode even though he's one of those richmond northridge um if you like that song i guess i'll say this there is uh like Pitch and Fits by Dayton Farley or Drayton Farley. Um, um, something Dream, I forget the name of the song by Sturgill Simpson, Tyler Childers, like working class songs. Because like, that's 
that's like real country shit. The Appalachian music, all of them are always singing about being uh, um, deprived and oppressed by the government and corporations and being fucked while they're working down in the mines and stuff like that. Like that's, that's, this song is true blood, like Appalachian, you know? And I don't know. I know I said it off the air. I don't know if I said it on the air, but like another thing that pissed me off about this was uh, when everyone was like, Oh, look at him. He's grifting. He's in the woods recording, <laughs> recording his song with a deer stand in the background, dogs on the ground. Like it's all everything that right wingers just, just like. being himself, you know, <laughs> God right. forbid when like, if they knew anything. And cause like I, I subscribe to uh radio WV, which is like who put the song on or whatever. And like all of their songs are like that. It's, it's, what they do they like to record out in the ambience of nature and stuff like that for these people so you could save it that, i think that's pretty much it take good this song. job and shove it yeah that's david allen co i ain't working here no more or um 16 tons johnny cash <laughs> i guess david allen co i guess johnny cash i guess Wayland jennings and all these guys are right wingers now guess they're all right wingers yeah <laughs> willie <laughs> <laughs> Willie Nelson yeah, he's a right winger now. Willie's a right winger now. <laughs> I said, Peter, don't you call me because I can't come home. I owe oh, my man. soul to the company. Appar- so- apparently, Bell's comment about the UAW is supposed to be a segue into the next topic, but I don't know if that's where we're going next. <laughs> I don't think so. We're going a little more somber, I think, uh, with the... Uh, a tragedy in Maui. Um, I don't know where you want to start with this one, Corey, because that's better, uh, anyways. Yeah, well, it's not better, but it's so it's better to address, anyways. Yeah. Uh, so everybody knows about this, right? I don't think there's, I don't think anybody that would be watching or listening to this show doesn't know there's, you know, terrible tragedy, big fire in Maui. Worst uh, catastrophe and fatalities in a fire in America in like a hundred years, if not the world, killed lots of people. And and they're not done looking yet. One hundred and eleven as of an hour ago. Yeah, that's sad. <clears throat> so the well, what else is sad about this is instead of like talking about what matters and um, you know how to get these people relief and how to uncover you know and get rid of some of the idiotic government bureaucracies from pr- providing relief uh, to the island right now, which we will get to. Um, but so much of the the discourse is about conspiracies and uh, yeah, it's so frustrating. Not just, right? consp- not just conspiracies, but also, and then I'll let you go, Corey, you know, the, what's the left doing talking climate about change. talking about climate change. It's all the about left is all they're saying is climate change, climate change, climate change, climate change for government inefficiency. And the right is just talking about Jewish space lasers or something. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, it was interesting because they were talking like there was a conspiracy I saw that was talking about uh, how they wanted to burn all this land out so it could be bought up by land developers for gentrification and things like that. But I guess the gov- it might have been the governor Bell was talking about this that came out and said, like, they're not going to allow this to be. This, they're not going to allow this uh, atrocity be a gateway to letting big corporations come in and buy up all the land. Yeah, so the uh, the governor of Hawaii is um, seeking, I don't know if he's gotten it yet as of now, but it was at least seeking a moratorium on land sales. 
Um, yeah. I don't know what the hell that means. I mean, that could just be a, a placation job. I, I, I have no idea. Well, hopefully all of their bills are $700 a month and they get everything fixed within a month because Biden is going to give everyone there 700 bucks. He Even was though seeking- he hasn't visited, and when asked about it, he kind of chuckled and said no comment. Mm-hmm. While he was sitting on a Trump beach, there. yeah, Lake Tahoe. Uh, but the uh, moratorium yeah, was more or less like just, the moratorium was more or less just uh, corporations wouldn't be able to buy up land or properties in Maui. Right, which is good. not just anybody. People like just, you, you could still go buy up a house. Mm-hmm. probably at a super discounted just, rate but yeah just like on a uh, white lake mm. in or, no uh w- mm. no that's uh what is that uh I, f- I forgot the name of the lake holy crap yeah I just i would have known it 10 yeah. minutes ago i'm getting out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um what was i gonna say uh just to be clear like we're not our show, we're not weirdos that doesn't believe that climate change is happening, but I don't like the idea that government inefficiency is scapegoated by climate change. And the reason why I say that is because right now the disastrous response to an island that is one of the most isolated places in the entire world isn't able to get the proper resources and help and a, a decent logistical chain to get things running out there to help people because of the Jones act, which was a protectionist law made in uh, the 19 was it twenties or thirties, the twenties. It was a post post world war one act, which uh, essentially doesn't allow any ships carrying cargo to go from an American port to another American port, unless it is uh, American owned American registered and American crewed and flying uh, an American flag, of which there are only like 90-something ships in the world right now that are... And Bella, you can look up how many uh, ships are... How many ships of the 95... I don't know how you would word this, but of the 95 ships that are Jones Act compliant, how many of those are in the Great Lakes? Because those ships are hopping from port to port in in Michigan. But then again, they might just be hopping across to Canada and then coming back to negate that. I'm not sure exactly. And I don't know if it's international waters or if it's coastal waters or if it's inland waters and things like that. Great Lakes is home to 20% of Jones compliant ships in the world. There you go. That's kind of like spot on what I said, wasn't it? So, I mean, I said, I said like, and like 20 of them are here in probably the Great Lakes. So you're talking about like eight, 18 or almost 20 of those ships. Yeah. That are that are that are Jones Act compliant, and there, I mean, there's other ridiculous government bureaucracy where you know they're they're not able to take aid that's not delivered from FEMA. You know, FEMA always yeah, drags so that's what's going to feed to the conspiracies, right? Like you figure it's a it's a desolate, isolated or not desolate, but an isolated island. But again, what do we always say, Corey? Don't chalk anything up to nefariousness that can easily be explained by stupidity. And yeah. a lot of our a lot of these stupid you know, archaic laws from the twenties, these stupid trade laws prevent a lot of this stuff. Yeah. That's why from, every from law ever made should have a sunset act or sunset clause. Um, another one that out there that helped make this worse was the, uh, in, on the Island, they have the, the land use law was but divided. Before you, before you go there, Corey, just another point on the Jones act. Every time we need to, 
we lift the Jones Act temporarily. So it hasn't been lifted yet. I don't know. I because Biden doesn't know where the fuck he is. Everything takes a little bit longer with that guy. Uh, but yeah, Puerto Rico here hurricanes. The Jones Act was lifted temporarily. The baby formula shortage. The which, Jones Act lifted. Yep, yep, yep. Which which again was caused by stupid government, government tariffs. Yeah. And stupid government regulation. Not a lot. And, it, and you know the thing about the baby formula. Just as a little tangent, that made it so stupid was it was all just labeling regulation. It was dumb FDA labeling regulation. There was nothing mm-hmm. wrong with the baby formula. They would no. have fed our babies like, just yeah, as well. Yeah, 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 like, you think the UK is just making shitty baby formula? You oh, think they're, they're up there just spitting in cups to give to kids? Yeah, or Canada even. Like These are other first world industrialized countries. Stupid labeling regulations and bullshit bureaucracy. But it's like, I guess the point is on the Jones Act, if we're just going to lift it every time it's needed, why the fuck is it still in place in the first place? That's what protectionism right. has done to America. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Just so what you said. You thinking you're Protect getting 40, secondhand no. baby formula from whatever? No. <laughs> protectionism protects <laughs> the contiguous forty-eight states. They're just sending uh, Alaska and things in Hawaii are artificially right. priced. Artificially no, but it yet. doesn't because protectionism makes things more expensive. Yeah, for Alaska, oh, yeah. for Hawaii, everyone, for everyone, for us too. Yeah, um, yeah. But especially them with the, with this particular protectionist yeah. act. Um, but uh was i gonna say yeah and then like one thing like the things when we talk about that feed conspiracies and stuff like that like there's like a media blackout like media is not allowed in the area um and then what i was getting at earlier is like it's an isolated island so people and you know it's a small island like maui is i don't hey bell if you could find up the square mileage of maui um it's probably not much bigger than metro detroit if it even is bigger than metro detroit and it's a community. So like everyone there was starting GoFundMe's, getting things going to get things to help people there. And they weren't allowing it. They're like, no, FEMA only. FEMA can only do this. And again, that's another government bureaucracy getting in the way of just people doing what they can to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, another, like there was other like corporate malfeasance. Like how are you about to have a monopoly on helping people? Right. And it's only 727.2 square miles. Okay. So for reference, like what's, uh, let's say, uh, Manhattan Island or like Metro Detroit or the size of LA, anything like that. Just something just to have a reference to how many bananas is that? (laughs) Well, Manhattan, Manhattan Island is only 22 square miles. So, okay. So Metro Detroit's probably roughly around 700. Square miles, right? Wouldn't you say? I don't know. Michigan, it's about besides- it's about three and a half Detroit's. Okay, there you go. There you go. There you go. Thanks, Bell. Right. About eight hundred thousand bananas. So eight billion bananas. Eight billion bananas. But so, like all of these things, and like like I was saying, the corporate malfeasance is uh, there was high winds, you know, and it was hot. And, you know, and these are things that Hawaii is used to. They're an island in the middle of the ocean, but they're electric companies. So in California, when there's high winds and there's fears that the wind might knock down a power line and cause wildfires and cause wildfires, the the um, electric companies will shut power down. People have videos of, of that day before and like of poles snapping and things like that. And the power company just didn't shut down when they probably should have. 
you know and then on top of that uh what was another one i wanted to bring up oh the land use act mm. yeah so another thing Before that I fed, interrupted you yeah another thing that fed this uh issue is the land use law which it was in Maui and it divided the state into urban and rural zones and heavily restricted development of the rural areas as the state. And what it was meant to do was to keep uh, um, like an urban sprawl happening on the tiny Island. And as the state's population grew, Maui's medium home prices rose from about three times the median family incomes in 1969 to 7.9 times median family income in 2021. Any prices above five times median incomes are unaffordable since banks won't approve a mortgage for a home that costs that much more than a family's income. The stated goal of the land use law was to protect Hawaii's agricultural industry from urban sprawl, but high housing prices made it impossible for Hawaiian farmers to hire the help they needed as the people earning farm, farm workers pay couldn't afford to live in Hawaii. As a result, most Hawaiian farmers went out of business. Between 1982 in 2017, according to the USDA's 2017 Natural Resources Inventory, the number of acres in Hawaiian crop production declined by 72% as sugarcane, pineapple, and other crops moved to other tropical countries that didn't have self-inflicted housing crises. Hawaiian native vegetation is fairly fire-resistant. Farm crops are also fire-resistant, partly because farmers burn their fields every year or so. But when the farms were abandoned, the vegetation that replaced them wasn't native vegetation, but invasive grasses. These non-native grasses had been introduced as cattle feed when farming was still active. And when the farms went out of business, they took over the former crop and pasture lands. So you just had a bunch of grasses that were used to feed, like to feed cows and stuff for farmers mm-hmm. that were eaten, burned down, you know, managed and maintained. Well, Farmers couldn't afford to live there anymore, so they all left because of artificially increased prices of houses because the simple rule of economics is supply and demand. You artificially lower the supply that artificially increases the demand. There's only a finite amount of houses that people need, so the housing prices skyrocket. Yeah, and that's that's actually... I think what you're getting at is that that's feeding into the conspiracy because the land the land in the area that was burned was so... It was was so highly valued, and you had you had a lot of people that are actually pretty low income living in a house that was like mm-hmm. worth a shit ton of money because of the land it was on. So it's like okay, now the now the billionaires are coming in and intentionally burning down the houses so they can come in and do a land grab. Yeah, that's the conspiracy. That's, that's the conspiracy. So what we're gonna find is, I hope this doesn't happen, but there's a good chance it will. Yeah. Uh, what's gonna happen is that these this land is still gonna get sold to these billionaires, and then. Because of that, you're gonna have you're gonna you're gonna have the conspiracy theories at least coming becoming partially becoming true, at least the prophetical part of it, which is going to then feed the conspiracy. Which is so frustrating because isn't that how conspiracies work? Yeah, they're always partially true. They make up some bullshit narrative and then they just connect uncorrelated dots and go, see? Yep, yep. I told you. Yeah, and and And, I mean there's always there's always a like a snippet of truth to every conspiracy theory. Oops, yeah, you know, in a which, sense, but. which you want it, you want you want the weirdest one. I just told you about this one. This one today. This, you want to talk about feeding the conspiracy theories here? Uh, the fact that the Maui police chief was the uh, uh, the the head of the response team at the Vegas shooting, and I just what? went, oh, for Shit fuck's sake, luck. did this guy really just get struck by lightning twice? Yeah, you know that that poor guy 
had to deal with the Las Vegas shooting and was probably PTSD'd up the fucking ass and decided to move to a tropical island to get away from the chief. And then this shit happened. But no, this wasn't intentional. But you it see how just, that feeds the conspiracy yeah, theory, though, right? Really feeds conspiracies. But this wasn't intentional. It was just a bunch of incompetence that all pieced, got all pieced together. And unfortunately, uh, you know, like it was a tinderbox of incompetence and it was literally sparked. And there are definitely still people that, even though, you know, it's not like it doesn't appear to be intentional, a uh, lot of people that still need to be held accountable for this. And mm-hmm. there, is there, there needs there needs there needs to be scapegoat there needs to be something done to ensure that these people at least get reimbursed for their land or yeah just how about it's like to to a to a uh I, I don't mean reimbursed for their land but like their insurance policies better make sure that they can right. have a life no, yeah they exactly yeah. like yeah like this fire is the fault of nobody who died and no one's whose houses got fucked it was incompetence from a power company and then incompetence from government bureaucracy and regulation that led to the catastrophic fallout. Yeah, pretty bad. I don't know. Oh, it's a terrible situation. Yeah, it's just it just sucks, dude. It's it, I feel terrible for all those people out there. I have a couple friends who live out there and I was reaching out to them just to make sure they were still alive. Like they're all good. You know, there's like seven or eight islands. So I was, I couldn't even remember which islands they lived on. I was just frantically texting, but I got everyone back to me. But unfortunately, there's hundreds of people that died. Yep. And like, even as sad as that is, the incompetence of getting help and resources to those people is just as sad. Yeah, I mean the people that died, the people, the, the amount of people that died is bad enough, and the lack of response and the lack of warning and whatever. But you're, you, all you're doing is uh, government bureaucracy is con- is continuing this tragedy longer than it needs to, not longer than it needs to be continued. Repeal the Jones Act and various others. Stop doing things like dumb regulations, like land use restrictions, and. Uh government like uh like price rental control because all that's doing is hurting the housing crisis it's not helping after we started this show we better be careful because we might get people from hawaii moving to portland well we'll move on over to michigan we don't really have fires or volcanoes or hurricanes or sharks we do also have balls cold winters though yeah they probably wouldn't like that too much i think that would hey if climate change continues that's true yeah and that's the thing too, is like climate change is real. We all know it's real. We to what degree that, though? To what degree? That's the thing. Right. That's what we like, can't agree on. That's well, not just that. It's just I don't like it being used as a scapegoat that every time there's a, a tragedy and there's government incompetence and in coming in to help the situation. Well, it's I don't even mind it being used as a scapegoat so much as like, can we like get this shit cleaned up first before we start talking about the fact that climate change before we start pushing the fact that climate change started this fire, can we like deal with the situation at hand first before you take to Twitter and go, see, gotcha. Maui's on fire. Climate change is real. Like, fuck you. Right. No, when it was, it wasn't necessarily even that it was a bullshit, big ass corporation that now is getting the buck passed. Yeah. It's nonsense. I don't, I don't care it at this point in time. Nobody happened in Texas. No, at right here, right now, Nobody on Maui gives a shit whether or not 
climate change is real. That's not right. what they're worried about right now. They're trying to find their family and they're not even being allowed yeah. into the area because the government isn't letting Get this them. thing fixed. Stop fucking virtue signaling about climate change. The same shit happened in dope. Texas. Remember when it was a PG&E when all those people lost power because of the cold? Yeah. And like, instead of trying to hold them responsible for not fixing their infrastructure to deal with extreme weather, everyone just went, oh, it's climate change. See? What are we going to do? Can't yeah. do anything. Yeah, this is, yeah it's, it's just... And that's the other thing too is like if climate change is lowering if climate, if climate change is so inevitable, and maybe it is, but if it's so inevitable, doesn't that mean we should probably be taking steps to like mitigate these types of disasters that are going to be instead of just caused? waiting for the next one to use it as so, so we, to say yeah. it's happening? So we go, see, told you it's real. Yeah. We'll it's, pack up our bags and go home. It's frustrating. Yeah, I hate it. You want to talk about anything else? Uh, and, and like and it's like the, the term thoughts and prayers is so fucking dumb at this point where it's like, I guess if you could find a way to help out Maui, do what you can, you know, yeah. like, I don't even know if you're even able to send them money because of all the red tape and things like that. And it really, really sucks. What's happened to all those people out there. Yeah. We couldn't even go out there and help if we could afford it or wanted to. Right. He's not right this second. We just have uh, to build a boat in Michigan. We all have to man it. We have to put an American flag on it. We're not going to talk about the Trump indictments tonight. Everybody's covering that through the teeth. Uh, I don't think we need to bother with that shit. Um, some interesting stuff coming out about Hunter and Joe, though, recently. That's getting heated it's get, up. It's getting heated up. So we'll probably, I, I guarantee you, if we decide to do a show on that, we'll 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 incorporate Trump in there as well. You know, got to be fair. Um, but we're not going to do that tonight. We got um, this UAW strike looks like it might be imminent at this point. Unless is something changed in the last day? Because I haven't looked at it today. Um, I don't know. As as far as I know, that it's still looking like the strike might happen. Yeah. So, um, if that happens, we'll obviously be on that. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you have anything else. Uh no. Just a fun little. It. I'll say a fun little tin, tidbit about the UAW strike in Detroit. Just for the big three in Detroit, a 10-day strike would cost the economy $5.6 billion. Mm, can't have that. And the amount of money in the union's uh, strike account, I guess that's what they call it, is almost a billion dollars. So they have a lot of money to just kind of strike for a long time yeah oh the uaw does yeah they have (laughs) almost a billion dollars to pay out to workers while they strike because that's a that is a well-maintained union right and that's just all that money and just put it well that's just in the detroit big three we're not going to get into it but that union's got its bureaucratic issues although the fact that they haven't chosen a candidate to endorse yet is a little bit of a uh a promising sign. A real, a real poke in the eye, huh? A real promising sign. Uh, yeah, so if that happens, that will uh, will obviously be be all over that. So updates on Maui, whatever it takes. Um, yeah, we'll let you know if uh, Oliver Anthony gets a hold of right. us, wants to come on the show. We'd love to talk to him. That'd be uh, kind of cool. I just hope that we're just filled. I hope we didn't end up in his spam, <laughs> in his spam box. Yeah, we're in his spam box. Uh, why don't you tell the people where they can find us, Corey? Libservative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. 
Instagram, and Twitter at LibservativePod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcasts, and you can reach out directly at LibservativePod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. If you like the show and you're watching us stream, just make sure to follow us on whatever platform you're streaming on. We stream every week around the same time. Um, give us a good rating if, or a good, a good review. If you really like the show, it really helps boost the algorithms and we can ride those and get more people to follow the show so we could reach out to more people and bring our message of just nuance and not having to put yourself in a trench on one side or the other of the BS us versus them war that happens in America. Perhaps we can start putting out more content. Yeah. At some too. at some point. And if you like the show, I don't expect you to share it. I mean, if you want to, by all means, I'm not telling you not to, but if you really enjoy the show, just tell a friend. Word of mouth seems to work best. And it could be organically grown so no one could say we're being astroturfed like the Alan <laughs> Grant and son. Oh God, that's all we need is the right claiming us. That's, that's all they need. That's all we need. That's all we need. The right would never claim us, dude, because they would hear one snippet and be like, oh, hell yeah. And then we'd be like, and we're pro-union. And they'd be like, oh, what the fuck? And then the left would hear us go, yeah, we're pro-union. They'd be like, oh, hell yeah. And like also pro-first and second amendment. Like, oh, gross. We're for, we're for smaller government. Wasn't there wasn't there a comment on our promo video that said we like that actually literally said you guys are gross or something like that? <laughs> yeah. People people label us as centrist because in America right now in our politics, everyone thinks you need to pick a side. But now we're kind of on the sideline making fun of all the ones on either side of the bullshit. Yeah, you gotta actually be in like Biden between. sucks, but so does Trump. Wait, what? <laughs> like, like a bunch of fucking AI robots with their heads exploding. Does not compute. Does not compute. Yeah. Um, no, we just try to. What we try to do is just do the proverbial falling of balls and strikes. Anyway, for Bell the Body Snatcher, he is always is Corey Walsh. He's Dan Griffin. This has been Libservative, and until next time, we are out of here. We the people cannot stand that.